The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey, welcome to Disability Law Show. Indeed, John Scholes here along with uh, uh, Savannah Tamarkin, who is the co-founding partner, Sanfiru Tamarkin LLP, and partner Albert Klein as well. You want to reach out anytime to the most positively reviewed disability law firm in Canada, you can do so. one 821 5900 toll free of course disabilityrights.ca if your long term disability claim has been denied or cut off or you have questions about disability claims uh, insurance companies how to get compensation when your rights are ignored happens all the time this of course is the show for you so feel free to reach out anytime as mentioned toll free 1-855-821-5900 email which we're going to get to help at disabilityrights.ca and we have a ton of correspondence guys every week we talk about them on the show and the place to go to chime in and in that regard, mydisabilityquestions.com. So we'll we'll take off. Got a lot of cover. Savannah, Albert, good to talk to you, uh, fellas, again. Uh, take off, Savannah, where are we going? Good to be with you, John. And, uh, yeah, Albert's joining us here. And, again, for anybody who haven't hasn't listened to us before, we talk about long-term disability claims. Uh, we are disability lawyers. We have offices in Ontario, British Columbia, and Alberta, and we um, help people throughout these provinces. And one of the things, John, that we have started talking a few weeks back is about the fact that many people have the same kinds of questions that we're going to go over here and give answers to. Uh, but, you know, many of these issues keep coming up over and over. And so what we did at the firm is create these uh, uh, frequently asked question memos, very short memos for people out there. And you can access those by going to ltdfaq.ca. Okay. And, and they deal with appeals. You know, if you're denied or cut off long-term disability, should you appeal? What is an appeal? How does it work? Etc. What are the common reasons for denial of LTD claims? CPP disability, that's something that comes up over and over. Again, we have a memo that answers your questions. If you go to ltdfaq.ca, you will see that memo. It's free. Okay. It doesn't cost anything. How to deal with a difficult adjuster. What happens if the insurance company tells you that they want you to be seen by one of their doctors? What happens if you have issues with your employer while you're an LTD? How do you get a copy of your LTD policy? Being forced to go back to work while you're disabled. Surveillance. You know, all these kinds of issues, and we keep adding to these memorandums because, again, these are issues that are coming up again and again. And historically, John, people who have gone to lawyers generally find that it's an uncomfortable process because many lawyers charge you for their time. We do not charge you for giving you any of this information or talking to you about your situation. Uh, that's just something that we're known for. We give out this information for free and we put it out there on this show, on, on the TV, etc. So with all that said, again, uh, the website is www.ltdfaq.ca. Okay. All right, let me uh, jump to an email that I received from a lady. Um, I'm not going to give her name here, but here's what she writes. And Albert, I'm going to read it out. I'll, I'll give my two cents, and maybe we can hear from you as well on this. She says, okay. I'm currently on LTD benefits through, and then she gives the name of the insurance company. I was told to apply for CPP disability benefits, which I did, and I was denied, as the medical information stated that my condition was not prolonged. I then had an assessment completed by the insurance company's doctor and my caseworker through my long-term disability plan advised me that I needed to appeal my CPP disability denial decision based on the medical information that they received 
from the doctor that completed the assessment. She hasn't seen this assessment yet. Her question is this, am I required to appeal the CPP denial decision based on the insurance company's request? The other thing she says is, she says, I'm currently receiving CPP early retirement. So this is regular CPP. Uh, and, and she understands that if she gets CPP disability, then the insurance company will be entitled to a credit for that. But regular CPP is not, in fact, given as a credit under her policy. So what she's asking is, am I obligated to appeal the CPP disability decision here? Mm. Let me unpack this because I know for many people there, you know, this is this is this is a lot to, to to take in. So we've talked about CPP disability many times before. The reason why insurance company why they want you to apply for CPP disability and get it is because if you're approved for CPP disability, the insurance company under the policy is entitled to a credit. Simple example: Let's say you get two thousand dollars a month for LTD for long-term disability. You apply for CPP disability. You get approved. Let's say for $1,000 a month, you're not getting 1000 plus 2000 for 3000 You're still getting 2000 except that the insurance company only now has to pay you 1000 bucks because the other 1000 comes from CPP disability. Now, this lady was denied initially when she applied for CPP disability. So presumably then she applied for regular CPP and she's getting it, right? You don't have to show that you're disabled for regular CPP. You just have to qualify under the criteria. Uh, so now the insurance company is saying, no, 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 we want you to appeal that... CPP disability uh, denial, we have more information here. But she's already receiving CPP, regular CPP. You can get regular CPP in addition to CPP disability. So can the insurance company here force her to then stop her regular CPP in order for her to appeal the, the CPP disability or, or make a new application for that? Now we'll see what Albert has to say. My view is they cannot. First of all, I have not, I've never seen any provision in, in an LTD policy that says that you must appeal a CPP disability denial. That's number one. Uh, maybe Albert has. Uh, I have not. That's number one. Number two, the point is this. She's now getting CPP, regular CPP. She cannot get CPP and CPP disability. So if she were to try and qualify again for CPP disability, she'll get rejected because she's already getting regular CPP. Now, the reason why we're talking about all of this is because, again, insurance companies are in it for themselves. They're not in it for you. They're supposed to be there for you, but they're not in there for you. They're there to collect premiums, make money, make profits, and then pay you as little as possible. And one of the ways they do that is by trying to get you to get any other benefits you can through the government or some other program that they can get a credit for. The thing is that sometimes they're asking you to do things that they have no right to ask you to do, <laughs> such as for this lady here. If she's already getting CPP, there is no way that they have the ability to force her to stop getting CPP. In other words, asking her to tell the government that she doesn't want regular CPP and she only wants CPP disability, knowing full well that she'll be prejudiced by that, right? Because the insurance company is going to get a deduction. So, you know, if, if anybody there is lost with everything I just said, I think that the crux of it is this. If the insurance company is asking you to do something that will then not only not benefit you, but actually hurt you financially, you have to ask questions. You can reach out to us. You can talk to Albert, myself, someone else on the team. But the reality is that the insurance company is not doing any of the, not taking any of these steps in order to protect you or make your life better. 
They're doing it so that they can pay less. That's just the way that the structure is of, of these policies and the way insurance companies operate. So you need to be aware of that. Albert, you, you must have come across these kinds of issues uh, in, in your practice, right? Of course, yeah. And I share many of the same sentiments. I mean, I have seen one policy which, and, and they are very, very few and far between, but there is one policy that I know of uh, which actually says that you have to go through every stage of appeal, even the tribunal, or the insurance company is allowed to uh, allowed to deduct what you could have received. And so that's a very, very onerous provision. We don't see that in most of the LTD policies. Uh, but before you before you blindly tell the insurance company that you're not supposed to appeal, why don't you just send in your policy to us? We'll give it a review. We'll interpret it. We'll make sure that you're on the right side of the law before you tell them that you're not going to appeal. Because we don't want to put you in a position where you've told them, I'm not going to appeal. But the policy, which is the contract between you and the insurance company, actually says that you have to. But Savan's very right. In 99% of these these policies, and I've only actually seen it in one uh, one policy, uh, in 99% of these policies, there is no obligation whatsoever to appeal. And and he's 100% right. I mean, any, they're they're essentially asking you, Karen, to give up your regular CPP and just give them CPP disabilities and give it directly to them. And that makes no sense. I mean, that directly benefits them and directly hurts you. And I don't think policies can uh, can have provisions which actually say that. I mean, this particular issue probably hasn't been brought to the courts, but it just doesn't sit well with me. No, I, I can't imagine that any court will agree with that. So I agree with you, Albert, about that. So you've seen that in one of the provisions, but in one of the policies. But the thing is this, she's now in receipt of CPP, regular CPP. So she can actually follow the letter of the policy if her policy contains a provision saying she must uh, appeal the denial of CPP disability. But the reality is she'll get rejected because she's already receiving CPP. I don't think that there's any obligation on her to stop CPP in order for her to now appeal uh, uh, the CPP disability denial and, and you know give the insurance company that credit. Uh, but I agree with you, it hasn't been tested. It's just that I, don't, I can't imagine that a judge would, would, would side with the insurance company on this. I just to, to me, that would be unthinkable and would make no sense. I, I, I agree. And in that, in, that very, in, the, in that very same vein, she might not have even had an obligation to apply in the first place. Right. I mean, it, it's, it's, true. It, it's, just, it's just too, too, too onerous to expect that, we, that she should transfer the money that she's receiving just for the benefit of the insurance company. Come on. No, makes no sense. It's a uh, it's a wildly complex issue sometimes, guys, which is the reason why we always tell people to to reach out to the likes of you, Savan or Albert, or your respective teams, and uh, get some get, get some clarity because this stuff will drive you absolutely bananas. And if you want to reach out uh, any time to uh, to the guys or any of their team, toll free, you could do so one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred website disabilityrights.ca. You can also go to a uh, a great resource for yourself. Free, anonymous, 24-7, mydisabilityquestions.com. And there you can ask your questions. There's a searchable database, so there's no pressure, and it'll be answered quickly and give you some satisfaction uh, there as well. Still uh, still got a long way to go. You want to reach out to any time to Savannah Tamarkin, co-founding partner, Sanfiru Tamarkin, LLP, or Albert Klein along uh, today as well. A partner, you can contact them, the most positively reviewed disability law firm in Canada anytime. Uh, again, disabilityrights.ca. We'll continue with the Disability Law Show.
You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back. Thanks for hanging in. Disability Law Show. Savannah Tamarkin is here, co-founding partner, and Albert Klein, partner, Sanfiru Tamarkin LLP, having helped tens of thousands of Canadians uh, get through this uh, this muck, the mire of uh, disability law and figure out how it affects you. If you know someone who's dealing with an insurance company who's been cut off, who's been asked to appeal, anything like that, or yourself or a colleague, feel free to uh, give out the number to them and have them call and contact Savannah and Albert and a member of their respective teams as well. Toll free, one 855 821-5900 and email works in this regard as well. Help at disabilityrights.ca. Savannah, what's up next, pal? So here's another email that I got, and this really, I, I was just shocked by it. And Albert, I was going to send this to the group, uh, to our disability group at the firm, just because it was it was shocking to me. Uh, decided not to for various reasons, but I'm gonna I'm gonna um, uh, read it out now on air uh, again without giving any identifying information about this person. But you'll understand very quickly why I think it's shocking. So this person um, was um, was an LTD uh, for, for for a while. Um, she was cut off from LTD back in 2018. She suffered from sleep apnea. Now the insurance company took the position beca- beca- that because she she received treatments for her condition for her disabling condition, she was ready to go back to work. I mean, leaving aside the stupidity of that. Uh, conclusion that just because you receive treatments that automatically means that you're ready to go back to work some people get treatments for chronic conditions that never get better Uh, but anyways that's what the insurance company said you got treatments we think you're better we think you should be back to work we're cutting you off that was in 2018 Uh, she retained the lawyer this lady I guess she didn't hear about us back then Um, and I'm she gives me the name here of the uh, of the law firm which I'm not gonna say out on air and she says that she was advised by that lawyer from that law firm after that person reviewed her policy and get this this is the key that the insurance company can cut her off even if her doctors support her uh, uh, being off on disability and nothing else can be done nice thanks a lot to, to get her anything from the insurance company or to reinstate her benefits now uh, she's receiving uh, CPP uh, benefits. She's receiving uh, PWD payments um, for, for person with disabilities. Uh, so her confusion after listening to our show is that how can she be disabled enough for CPP? I assume here it's CPP disability, not regular CPP, and PWD, which again requires you to be disabled, and not be able to get LTD. In other words, government programs have approved her for disability support, financial support, and yet the LTD insurer said no, and the lawyer she went to says, no, there's nothing we can do. She's 52 years old. She was making around 50 grand uh, a week, uh, a week, a year. Uh, she was cut off back in 2018. She is still off work. And the reason she reached out is because she saw a program on television, and she just wants to know if that was in fact you know, correct by that lawyer that gave her that information, then in fact there's nothing that can be done complete baloney this is this is why it makes me so angry when lawyers who don't know anything about disability law you know stick their nose in and say that they know something and give absolutely wrong advice it's like me giving advice on tax law or family law or criminal law I don't know anything about these areas of law 
I would refer you to someone who is an expert in that field. I'm not going to go to my accountant to have dental surgery, right? You want to go to someone who knows what they're doing. And this person, this lawyer, gave her the wrong advice. Now, here's the problem. This was back in 2018. We are now in 2021. That's over two years later. So she is likely out of time to start a legal claim against the insurance company. She's only 52 years old, making $50,000 a year. I mean, I don't know what she would have been entitled to. Let's say that she would have been entitled to $30,000 or so in LTD payments. 52 years old. That was, let's say, three years ago. She would have been 49 years old. So let's just do rough math here. You know, 49 to age 65. Five. How much is that? I'm not good in, uh, in, in numbers here. What, 26 years or so? 26 30, years. What's that? Times 30,000. Let's do the math. I'm oh doing it as, as we're speaking. Let's just do the math here, okay? Just really quickly. That's $780,000. Oh, my God. Now, deduct from that what she's entitled to from CPP disability and PWD. I don't know what that would you know, net her. Let's say 500000 Do you understand how much money she left wow. on the table now? Now, as far as I'm concerned, that lawyer that gave her that advice is negligent. And there's neg- a potential negligence claim, potential here, because we don't know all the facts, but a potential negligence claim against this lawyer. But now everything is so much more complicated, right? Now it's not just about the insurance company because you're out of luck going against them. Now you have to go after the lawyer. So again, you have to be extremely careful when you are getting this kind of legal advice that you're going to someone, to a firm that has a reputation, has the expertise, has the know-how to give you the proper advice. Otherwise, hundreds of thousands of dollars that potentially may be owed to you or more will end up in the insurance company's pocket as opposed to yours. And this lady, if she never goes back to work again, just imagine how much money here she has now lost for herself and for her family. It's absolutely tragic and it's infuriating for me. Albert, I know, again, you've dealt with situations like this as well. People come to you after they've spoken with other lawyers that don't even practice LTD. And, and it's just, it boggles the mind. And it, I just, I don't know what to do about that. It's just unfortunate that there are lawyers out there, uh, you know, who dabble in this area and they hurt people as a result. It's, it, it's very unfortunate. And I mean, what ends up happening sometimes is the person has no choice. Now their claim has been held in a bit in advance for maybe two years, in this case, almost three, maybe over three. And uh, that person doesn't have any money coming in for that period of time, which is just atrocious and should never, ever happen. And then sometimes, of course, as we discussed, these people come to us too late or come to another lawyer that actually knows what they're doing way too late, and they've actually missed the opportunity to commence their claim. What a shame that is. What a shame. There's there's no... There's no route she could take even after two and a half years, or it, it like there's no appeal process to to a higher power. You know what I mean? Like there's absolutely nothing she can do about this. It's tragic, I mean, if not. I mean, every 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 case is different, and and that's why, as 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 soon as you realize that a claim has not been started, and that your lawyer is doing absolutely nothing or doesn't really know what they're doing, you have to contact someone who does immediately. I mean, time is of the essence. Sometimes there's things that we can do. Sometimes there's ways to finagle the system, uh, and, and there's, a, there's a number of different mechanisms which we'll try and use. We'll look at the policy. We'll explore every single avenue, but the longer you wait, the more likely it is that you're going to be out of time. And if you don't start a claim within the required time period to start one, you could be out of luck altogether.
John, I have a, I have a case that uh, it wasn't um, a disability case. It was years ago, actually. It just comes to mind now as we're talking about this. We took over from another lawyer that didn't know what they were doing. It wasn't even a disability case. It was a car accident case. But the lady there that I was representing suffered a brain injury. When we looked at the legal claim that was prepared by the lawyer's office, the prior lawyer's office, he didn't even put in there that there was a brain injury. Smart. And you, you understand that when you are going after an insurance company or you're dealing with an insurance company, they need to understand what you're claiming. If you're claiming uh, that you have a bad back as opposed to a brain injury, or if you're claiming that you have, you know, a, a just, a, I don't know, a, a wrist injury as opposed to having your arm amputated, you understand that the damages are starkly different. Totally. You have to make sure that the lawyer is pleading the correct things in the legal claim that they're putting in the legal documents the precise uh, 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 facts of the case because that's going to impact and it's going to sway the case it's going to I can't even explain you know in full detail here we need multiple shows to explain sort of the intricacies of these claims as a lay person you who are coming to a lawyer like us you don't need to worry about this kind of stuff the only thing you need to worry about is that you have lawyers on your side, in your corner, that actually know what they're doing and that they're going to take all the step necessary. If I go to, to a cardiologist, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to start reading up on the medicine and become a doctor in order to understand what my cardi cardiologist is saying. I, I just need to make sure that I'm going to the top person or to somebody who knows what they're doing, they have the experience. And that's the problem here that sometimes individuals out there, you know, you see a flashy ad or you have a friend of a friend who did some deal, some real estate deal, uh, you know, for, for someone you know, and you think, okay, well, you know, I have a connection to that lawyer uh, through my friend, through my family member, not understanding that that lawyer doesn't deal in this area of law. So again, you got to make sure that when you're dealing with long-term disability, you go to long-term disability lawyers. When you have a tax issue, you go to a tax lawyer, family issue, family lawyer. Gone are the days where you have general practitioners that, that can do everything well. Okay, it, yeah. it doesn't exist anymore. So, no different than gone are the days that you can have one doctor that can take care of multiple health issues. You know, spanning from from heart issues to to brain issues to knee issues. You know what I mean? It, it, we have specialists now for everything, and it's the same thing in law. And people need to understand that. And to reach out, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is the way to do that. And as we mentioned off the top of the show, Savan did anyway, ltdfaq.ca. That's another great free resource for you, real simple to use. You go there if it's a, a question about appeals, long-term disability, could be independent medical examinations, dealing with difficult adjusters. There's a, there's a, there's a ton of them, and something's going to fit the, uh, the question you have. Go there, uh, ltdfaq. .ca. We still got a couple minutes, I think, Savan, before we uh, we wrap for a short break. Where do you want to take us? Well, there was a question that was posted on mydisabilityquestions.com, and, and here's a question. It's very simple. I have been on LTD for over 10 years and have 10 years left before my policy end date. So presumably this person is 55 years old and has 10 more years left to age 65. So this person then writes, my doctor and I provide yearly reports, progress reports about my disability. Is there a possibility to apply for a lump sum payout? Now, this is a question that we get over and over. You can absolutely approach your insurance company and say, look, I'm 55, mm -hmm. I have 10 more years in the policy, can we do some kind of a deal here where I get some kind of a lump sum, some kind of an amount for future benefits, maybe not the full 10 years, maybe not the full policy that would be paid out over that time frame, maybe something smaller. Uh, you know, you benefit and I benefit. You can do that. 
I advise against it for a very, very simple reason. If I'm the insurance company and I have a claimant that approaches me about that, I'm immediately thinking, why is that person approaching me about that now? Are they better? Did I miss something in the medical documents? Is that person, does, do they have a job lined up? You know, they want some kind of a windfall. They want me to pay them five years worth of benefits and then next week they're starting a job. So you have to be careful because by asking for a lump sum from the insurance company, you may attract unwanted attention, uh, unwanted scrutiny. Uh, you need to be very, very careful. So you can do that, but you can be very careful. I, I, I'll tell you this, that's a general rule. There are exceptional circumstances. I was helping a lady, a lawyer actually, that has severe, severe degenerative issues. And I helped her draft a, a, a proper sort of um, letter that deals with, with that kind of a request. But it was clear cut that not only would she be um, disabled for life, but that her life expectancy has been shortened. In other words, she's not going to actually even live until age 65. It's that bad. So there's no question that she doesn't have a job lined up. But that's, that's an, a rare circumstance. Now, sometimes insurance companies come to you as a claimant and they say, hey, listen, John, you got 10 years left there. We'll do a deal. We'll pay you five years worth mm -hmm. of benefits in, in exchange for you signing a release, releasing us from any further obligation. And, and of course, at that point, people ask, well, okay, uh, can I negotiate that? You can try. In our experience, Albert, I, I know you've done those before. Um, it, it's very difficult, if not impossible, to negotiate with the insurer. Uh, I've never been successful in having the insurance company pay more when the insurance company has offered that lump sum because the insurance company, you know, if you don't accept the deal that they're offering you, they'll simply keep you on benefits, right? Yeah. But, but as to the original question, should you, as a claimant, approach the insurance company and ask for a lump sum payment for future benefits? You can, but you need to be very, very careful. You may not like the, the scrutiny that that um, um, you know, brings about. To contact Savan or Albert anytime confidentially. Keep giving out that number. We'll continue to do so if you uh, if you haven't got it. one 821 5900 Email help at disabilityrights.ca. You can call them, get the advice you need. Don't go down the wrong road. Deal with people and lawyers who know what they're doing in this arena of law. That is key if you haven't picked that up already uh, with the time we spent on this show. MyDisabilityQuestions.com is another outlet for you as well. We'll continue. Disability Law Show. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. All right, welcome back. Disability Law Show co-founding partner Savantu Markin and partner Albert Klein is here as well. You want to reach out to the fellas and their teams anytime. They're awaiting your phone call just to have a, a simple chat. That is all it takes, but it could save you a, a ton of headache and stress as well to make that phone call. Toll free, of course, one 821 5900 Emails, I get a ton, but the answer to them, help at disabilityrights.ca. And then there's ltdfaq.ca. Again, it's an FAQ page. You'll see the headers there, the topics and the blocks. You can click on them. And uh, a lot of uh, education to be had there as well, ltdfaq.ca, another free service. Savannah, where are we going, pal? Keep it up. Well, so this is interesting here. This is something that, that um, again, uh, comes up quite often. You know, since we started doing this show and the TV show years ago, John, um, a lot of people have been educated about their rights when it comes to long-term disability. And, and now we get people contacting us, not just when they're cut off, long-term disability or denied outright, 
But, you know, when they start sensing, when their spidey sense uh, is telling them that something is, is off here with the insurance company, things are not progressing necessarily as they should. You mm -hmm. know, I call them red flags, warning signs. And so th this one person contacted us, 52 years old, suffers from MS, cognitive issues, fatigue, etc. Has doctors uh, that support her being on disability, but you know, under the question of why has the insurance company denied or cut off your long-term disability, she she answered, she said, hinting towards it. That's what she wrote. And, you know, it got me thinking that we really should do a memo here for the public and put it on that website that you mentioned, ltdfaq.ca, because I think people need to understand what are those warning signs you should be watching out for. I'm going to mention a few, Albert's going to mention a few, but there are many, many more. Okay, and if you want to contact us again by by phone, by email, on on the website mydisabilityquestions.com, feel free to do that. It's all free. We'll give you this advice for free. Now, uh, some things, some red flags. Uh, let's say you've been on LTD for for a while, um, and let's say at some point, maybe a year after you've been on disability, a year and a half, the insurance company says we want you to be seen by one of our doctors. Yep. Whoa. You know, usually people ask us, well, do I have to go? Yes, you have to go. But the mere fact that the insurance company wants you to be seen by one of their doctors, emphasis on their doctors, as opposed to your doctors, tells you that clearly they're not buying what your doctors are selling or, or they are trying to figure out how to stop your benefits by sending you to one of their doctors and hopefully getting an opinion from one of their doctors uh, that will support their conclusion that you're not that disabled and you can go back to work. So as soon as they tell you that they want you to be seen by one of their doctors or assessors, you need to be on guard. And again, if you go to our website, um, ltdfaq.ca, there's actually a memo on that in terms of how to prepare for that kind of an assessment, what to do, what to watch out for, etc. Another thing is when they start asking you for your resume, when they start asking you about your work history, when they start talking to you about potentially doing some other work other than what you know you did before you became disabled, that usually coincides in and around the two-year mark of being on LTD because that's usually under most policies when there is a change of definition of totally disabled, which is the criteria you need to meet to get LTD. So again, for anybody that is not familiar with this, John, the basics are as follows. Under most policies, to get LTD from your insurance company for the first two years, you have to be disabled from performing the essential tasks of your own occupation. Own occupation. Beyond the two-year mark, the test changes. You have to be disabled for, uh, from performing the essential tasks of any occupation for right. which you're suited for by training, education, or experience. So again, any occupation for which you have training, education, or experience. That's why they're asking you for your resume. That's why they're asking you about your work history. They're trying to figure out if they can tell you that they don't have to pay you anymore because in their opinion, you can, in fact, do some other kind of work. Um, another uh, uh, flag, for example, that uh, you know we, we often see is when the insurance company starts hinting to you that they're disagreeing with what your doctors are saying or perhaps that you should be undergoing some other types of treatments. Again, they may not tell you that your benefits will end, but they may start hinting that they have these disagreements in their opinion with your doctors. You have to be on guard for that. You have to talk to your doctors about that. Okay. 
so those are some of the highlights. There are many other ones. Uh, Albert, uh, I don't know if you have any you want to contribute here, but we're going to also do a memo together here, Albert, that, uh, that really fleshes out the most common ones. But if there's anything else you want to mention to, to the listeners, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, by all means, uh, if, if they start asking you to do a gradual return to work or they're trying to get a sense of whether or not you can maybe take on a few hours here or there, or if they ask you to volunteer, usually those are signs that they're, they're trying to establish that you are functional in some perspective, even if it's only for an hour or two a day, because then they want to then they want to make the argument that that one hour or two or two a day could easily become four or five or even eight. Um, often, if you're denied CBP disability, they'll try and use that as a catalyst to actually cut you off and say if Service Canada doesn't agree with the with the fact that you meet their test for disability, then you also don't meet the insurance company's test for disability. Uh, Savan mentioned switching to their treatment providers um, if. They, they get a sense that you're unwilling to do or take some type of medication and they use the word non-compliance, that's often a good sign that they may be, be trying to cut you off on the basis of non-compliance. And non-compliance is a good thing to discuss. I mean, we discuss it many times on the show. Uh, but basically, if the insurance company is telling you that they, that they prescribe a certain medication or they want you to undergo some treatment, speak to your doctor about it. Your doctor's wishes and your doctor's recommendations are paramount to some adjuster who doesn't have a medical background, who doesn't have any medical training, and who ultimately is not treating you. Your doctor's words are paramount. But those are generally some of the signs that I see that someone might be close to being cut off by an insurance company. Now, John, one thing that I want to mention here is, you know, Albert and I are giving these warning signs, and there are many more, and we're going to talk about them in the weeks to come. Don't assume that because you are seeing a warning sign, you have no recourse. Okay, I, I sort of see this like a like a ping pong match, right? I mean, they're hitting the ball on their end. That's their warning sign. You can learn how to hit it back, and it's really important to make sure that once you identify a warning sign, here's what you can do to to you know to 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 push back or or, or to insulate yourself or to protect yourself or to make sure that if in fact the worst happens which is them cutting you off or telling you that they're going to cut you off, that you know, you're ready for action, or at least you let us help you be ready for action. Guys, one more short break, and we'll get into more of the uh, the show. In the meantime, I want to give you some reach out here, one 821 5900 the most positively reviewed disability law firm in this country. Sam Firu, Tamarkin, LLP, and uh, with us, of course, again on the show today. Uh, it's Savannah Tamarkin and Albert Klein. You want to reach out to the guys. That phone number works. You can also use email, help at disabilityrights.ca, and don't forget about ltdfaq.ca as well. We'll continue short break and coming right back with more Disability Law Show. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. 
Welcome back. Disability Law Show. Sam Firu, Tamark, and LLP. That is the firm you want to reach out to on the show again today. Co-founding partner, Savannah Tamark, and Albert Klein as well. Partner in the firm. You want to reach out to their respective teams. We advise you do so. If it's only for a chat, it could be for a uh, bashful colleague or family member who's dealing with it, as Savannah said in the uh, past segment, just don't have the energy to reach out and do more uh, due diligence and get some more uh, some more answers. So do it for them. Toll free, one 821 5900 help at disabilityrights.ca. Okay, guys, last few minutes of the show. Savannah, where are we going to take it? Man, there's so many things to go through. So let's, let's just know. go really quickly through some of these. Again, question. Uh, this one comes from Victoria, actually. Um, and uh, it's posted on mydisabilityquestions.com. Dean from Victoria writes, Hello and thank you for taking my question. I've been asked to provide my municipal pension plan statement to my insurer. Why do they want this? Do I have to share this with them? P.S. Love your show and thank you so much for the support. I love that kind of comment. Um, so, uh, you know, the reason why they want you to, to provide it to them is because uh, under, under many LTD policies, uh, again, there are provisions that entitle an insurance company uh, to a deduction or a credit for any pension that may be available to you. Again, not in every policy. So what Albert and I always suggest to people is examine your policy. If an insurance company, if the adjuster asks you for other pension plans that you may have access to uh, or tell you to apply, etc., there's only one reason for that. And the reason is because you are looking to reduce how much they have to pay you. If you can access another pension, and sometimes those pensions are pretty good, they may eliminate the LTD insurer's obligation to pay anything. They, 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 you know, they're laughing to the bank, right? I mean, they would love that. Uh, but what you can do is you can simply ask your adjuster to show you where in your policy it states that, first of all, they get a deduction for that, and second of all, that you have to provide them with that pension plan. So that's really important because um, it's not automatic, okay? So just be very cognizant of that. Let me just move on to another one here and get Albert's thoughts on it. Wait, sorry, sorry. Oh, you want to say something? Okay, go ahead, Albert. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Quickly comment here. Yeah, no problem. Uh, but also, I mean... Typically, these pensions, how they work is if you access it early, you pay a bit of a penalty. And sometimes insurance companies are going to ask you or tell you that you have to access your pension. That should raise some red flags for you. And hopefully, if for anyone who's listening, if, if an insurance company tells you you have to access your pension and you're going to be facing some sort of a penalty, you'll speak to us or speak to some sort of lawyer who actually knows a lot about long-term disability. Because it's not very fair for an insurance company to make you and force you to, uh, to essentially pay a penalty and accept less on your pension on a month-to-month basis just for their benefit. And it's only for their benefit, right? Because they don't, they don't, the only reason they want you to access it is so that they have to pay you less. So just be on guard anytime an insurance company is telling you that you have to access your pension early. Because usually you're going to face a penalty. Usually it's not going to be to your benefit. And sometimes there's ways to get around it. Excellent points. <laughs> I should have asked you for your thoughts about this. My apologies. <laughs> uh, no, it, it's true. It's just that I want to get through a lot of these. But these were excellent points, Albert. Thank you. And in fact, I'm going to, I'm going to actually read another question here that I want your thoughts on. This one comes from uh, Kyla in Edmonton. And she writes, after an LTD request has been denied by an insurance company, is it helpful for an employee to let human, the human resources department at their place of employment proceed with an appeal while the employee applies to go on compassionate leave? What do you think about that? 
I mean, we talk we talk about this time and time again, and for first time listeners here, the the quick and simple answer is absolutely no. I mean, these appeal appeal processes are designed by the insurance company. You're essentially playing in the insurance company's ball game. We do not recommend whatsoever that you proceed with an appeal. It's just going to delay the process, and that's essentially what the insurance company wants. By starting a legal claim, you take the reins. It's it's done on your time, and they have to they have to now give over your claim to a lawyer, and they have to pay money for that. It costs them money. Insurance companies hate more than anything spending money, which is which is which is what which is what you want them to do. Uh, the second that you get them on their heels is the second when they start thinking pragmatically because they're looking at it through the lens of how much more is this going to cost me? Whereas when you're yeah. playing in their ball game, when you're, when, you're, when you're doing things like appealing, you're just delaying, and that's ultimately what they want. And then they can delay paying you because they can just hold everything in this appeal process. I've seen it time and time again where one appeal now delays the claim another three to five months. Guys, the number to reach out any time as we uh, listen to the show and learn lots every week, 1-855-821-5900. You also have the resource of mydisabilityquestions.com, free and anonymous website to ask your questions and uh, and get them answered, Savannah. Yeah, and here's another question. This one is from uh, Curtis in Medicine Hat, Alberta. Oh, wow. and, and here's what he writes. Yeah, he writes, I'm a career electrician and have, a, have had a heart attack three weeks ago. I'm still in the hospital for treatment. This leads me to require an ICD pacemaker, which limits um, my ability to be near magnetic fields. I'm advised to not even use a cell phone on the side of my body that contains my pacemaker. My question is, although I lost my job due to COVID and have since decided to return to school, what options do I have? And is LTD even an option for me? Uh, Very difficult situation here for Curtis. The answer is this. Look, if uh, you became disabled while you were still employed and had LTD coverage, whether it was personal coverage that you obtained for yourself or was through health benefits, right? Many health benefits in many companies, they have STD and or LTD coverage. If you became disabled while you were covered, while you were still employed, it doesn't matter that you're now without a job. You uh, should be applying and, and you certainly should be receiving long-term disability. And if there's an issue there, that you should be contacting us and we can help you. In Curtis's uh, um, question, uh, it's a bit more murky because he says he lost his job due to COVID. So, so it's it's difficult to know here because if he was not disabled, if he did not become disabled uh, while he was still employed, while he had coverage, he may not be entitled to LTD. But this does raise the question and you know a whole series of issues that arise with well, what happens when you no longer have a job? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you were disabled from working. I think at that point the analysis for us uh, becomes when did you when did you become disabled? You know we often look at the medical documents. Uh, sometimes it's not clear cut. It's not necessarily an accident. It can be an illness. And what we generally see in many cases, Albert, you, you can opine on this too. I think because you've, you've had this experience, is when people have had some kind of an illness or something happen while they were still employed, and that has impacted significantly their ability to perform their job to the point where they were then let go by the employer. And then after the fact, after they were let go, they're thinking, wait a second, one of the reasons why I lost my job is because I was disabled, right? So then we have to go back in time and get the proper medical reports that confirm that the person actually became disabled while that person was still employed and that actually led to that person's firing. 
So again, it could be murky, and that's why you have to come and speak with us. And Albert, I think you've seen this yourself, right, in your practice. Yeah, I mean, we don't have much time here, but but yeah, I've, I've, I've seen almost an analogous case, and in that very instance, we were able to get the doctor, which, which was actually true, uh, to support the fact that really the person became disabled while they were working, which is a very kind of unique set of circumstances, but cer- certainly these things do come up. And guys, we are just about out of time. It was chock full, so uh, we'll leave the rest for uh, the next time we convene on the show. In the meantime, if you've enjoyed the show, you want to reach out, something's piqued your interest, or you just need to desperately talk to Savan and his team, or Albert and his team as well, here's how you do it. Toll free, 1-855-821-5900. The website, disabilityrights.ca, or the email, put help at in front of that. Help at disabilityrights.ca. And for quick answers to your questions, LTDFAQ. .ca as well. No reason why you can't reach out. There's so many ways to. We'll catch you next time on the Disability Law Show. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.